Kapsayit. Kane, The Commission, official music video, row, suggestions, row, search results for Kane, The Commission lyrics, row. See my hands and look at my feet. It's okay if it's hard to believe. I have faith that you will do greater things. It's my time to go. But before I leave Advertisement. 15 seconds. Video will play. Kane, the commission. Official music video. Row. Suggestions. Row. More recommended for you. Row. I'm dark and all alone. Growing comfortable. Are you too scared to move? Walk out of this tomb. Buried underneath. And sound stuck in the ground, too lost to be found. You tries to sleep, and it's time to leave. Come on, rise up, take a breath, you're alive now. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us out from the grave like Lazarus? Take a breath. 
Advertisement, 15 seconds, video, mute, 40, mute. So who baked those cookies? I did. You did? Yeah. I'm scratched. I used my grandma's recipe. Oh. Wow, those are the best one. I didn't get, yeah. I haven't had one, but those are, you what, know. What kind of yeah. cookies? Oh, chocolate chip. Chocolate chip? Mm -hmm. Are you doing well selling them? Oh, I just recently started. Oh. Yeah. Okay, cool. Are we? I'm sorry, guys. Welcome, everybody. This is Maranatha Remnant Ministries. Uh, my name is Christian Gossett, and we just got done with worship. It was the Commission and Rise Lazarus uh, by Cain. And I love it because in the music video, if you check it out on YouTube, it's showing the chosen and it's showing Jesus healing people and preaching the gospel and doing the will of his father. And also the rise Lazarus is so powerful because Lazarus was dead for four days. And in the Jewish custom, if anybody was dead over three days, like there's just no hope. No one could rise. Like, that was it. They were deceased, desist, and that was it. But Jesus is a miracle-working God. He can do all things, and he is amazing. So today, before we jump into the segment, does anyone have any testimonies or anything they would like to share that God's done for them in the past week? Any volunteers? If not, um, well, this past Sunday, I went to a, a church to go see a guest speaker named Isaiah Salvador, and he was with, uh, he went to the church without walls, and it was over here on Lindsay and Southern, and we went, and we saw a, another brother in Christ named Eddie Garcia. I've known him forever. He's known me since I was a baby, and anyways, we're catching up, and he was just I, the guest speaker, Isaiah Salvador, was preaching such a mighty powerful message. It, it truly got me fired up. It truly got me like wanting to like just run outside and start preaching the gospel. But um, just I knew I had to hold myself together and be like, okay, let me just hear the message. But anyway, so Isaiah Salvador um, has these altar workers at the church and there's probably like 10 people that went down there and Isaiah is like whoever needs deliverance whoever needs freedom whoever needs healing whoever needs come down to the audience or to the stage right now mm -hmm. 
And no joke, was it probably like 200 people that rushed down there? Yeah. It was 200 people just flooded the auditorium on the front stage. And he can't pray for 200 people. And then all the altar workers are bombarded, right? And I just had this conviction in my heart that God was telling me, go and help your brothers and sisters. Go and pray. I've equipped you. I've anointed you. I've taught you how to do this. You do this at your own church. You do this as a ministry. Go be a helping hand. So I dragged my cousin Kevin. I'm like, all right, Kevin, you got to come with me. You, you need to be my other disciple. You know, and we're, we're disciples for Jesus. So we're, we're, we're running down and the Lord's just giving us words of knowledge. And like the Holy Spirit is just truly helping us to pray for people. You know, people that had arthritis, people that had anxiety and depression. And this one lady, she saw me praying for this whole family. I was, I was praying for this woman and her two kids. And this older lady said, I want you to pray for me. She says, my ear is really muffled. And she's like, I can't hear well out of it. I just, she's like, I can hear good out this year, but I can't hear good out this year. And she's like, I have really bad hip pain and lower back pain. And it's crazy because God always brings like the giants for me to pray for because I guess I'm so short. Like I'm always praying for these people that are super <laughs> taller than me. And I always have to try to put my hand on their shoulder like this, like, like, a, like I'm touching a tree. But um, this lady was like 6'4". Like this was, a, this was a big lady, you know. And, um, but I just had confidence in my God. And I know that Jesus opens the deaf ears and Jesus opens the blind eyes and Jesus lays his hands on the lame and they can walk, right? He is the one that told Lazarus to rise up from the dead. So I just believe that, okay, these signs shall follow them that believe, right? Mm -hmm. And it says, God has given us the great commission, right? To lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Cast out demons in his name. Raise the dead back to life. And lay hands on the lepers and let them be cleansed. And preach the gospel to all the nations, right? And to every living creature. So I prayed for her ear. And Jesus opened her ear. And totally healed her ear. She's like, I have no more muffling. I have no more of that tendonitis of like that. Like that, zzz, that little, you know what I mean? That buzzing, annoying sound. Jesus completely healed her ear. And then on top of that, one of her legs was shorter than the other. And the Lord grew out her leg even. And straightened her hips and healed her back. And she says, I have no hip pain whatsoever. And she stood up. And that's when I realized, oh, wow, you're 6'4". And now she's taller because she was off and now she's even. So glory to God. And it was just amazing because, yeah. You had a question? No, sorry. Okay, you're just praising God. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It was amazing because did, did you want to share what you? Yeah. So, so I also went. Um, to that church and I went down to the altar just because I wanted to you know feel the presence of God the anointing and just basking in the presence mm -hmm. and then I did notice someone on the ground that was like vomiting in a uh, trash can and that usually means like demonic you know a demonic oppression or demonic possession I'm not certain but it, I know it has to do with you know the demonic so I stretched out my hand I was praying well, right in front of me, this little young girl just falls to the ground. She's about 15 years old, and she just starts twirling, 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 twirling. And because there was 200 people up there, there wasn't enough prayer warriors. And so no one was, like, helping. So I just felt this, like, boldness I've never really felt before. And I just had, like, this, you know, empathy or compassion for her, and I just grabbed her knees and I just started to command the demon, that foul spirit to leave, you know, and I just kept saying, you know, in the name of Jesus, I command you foul spirit to leave. And I just said over and over and over. And then finally she calmed down and she was peaceful. And then she sat up and I started praying for her and just exhorting her and prophesying and edifying. And she just starts to bawl and bawl and bawl. And I bawled and I shared my testimony with her, but, um, like, you know, I gave her my phone number and stuff, but she, she was so thankful and she hugged me and she was just like, when I looked back, she was like a little young girl again. You know what I mean? She was so sweet and 
And I just encourage you guys like to do things like that, even though you might not know, like I've never done that. Hmm. Even though you might not know, you might not do it right. Holy Spirit will, you know, show up, you know, he's in us. And so don't be intimidated. Like if you see something like that or someone's hurting or just step out and he'll, he'll show up. He won't let you down. Trust me. And I was just so thankful and grateful and, that I did that and it just blessed me so much and her. Glory to God, that's amazing. And that's that stuff happens when you actually know your authority and your identity in Christ, when you actually know the Bible and you actually believe what it says. You know, God didn't say that all these gifts from the Holy Spirit have stopped with the apostles or prophets. No, we have the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It's in the word of God. And that's what we stand on. So thank you for sharing that testimony because that just gets me fired up and, and wanting to do that. So uh, does anybody else want to share anything before we jump into prayer and then we jump into the segment? Okay, if not, let's just all come in agreement to prayer. Father God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for the unity and the fellowship, Lord God, that we can come as believers in Christ. That we thank you, Lord God, that this weekend is what you paid it all on that cross, Jesus. That tomorrow's Good Friday. That you laid down your life so that we could have a new life in you, Jesus. That you paid for sin, death, and the grave, every sickness, every disease, every uh, yoke of bondage, every evil, every darkness was defeated by what you did on that cross, Jesus. We thank you that you make all things new and that your blood purifies and sanctifies us before our Father. Father, I ask you that you give me wisdom and utterance to speak boldly the truth and love of the gospel that wouldn't compromise your word, Lord, but I would preach in a place where your spirit of the Lord descends upon me and anoints me for this time. That, Father, you would use me as your vessel right now as your voice to the nations and the people that will hear your word today. That, Lord God, we would not be led by the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. That, Lord God, we would truly walk into being disciples for Jesus. That we wouldn't fear of the unknown, but we have the comforter, the Holy Spirit, to give us strength. Right? It says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So, Lord, I ask you to have your way. Lord God, I cancel every operation or every attack of the enemy, that we will confess your word, we will declare the truth, and we will be able to lead people to you, Jesus. We give you the glory and honor and praise. This is your podcast, not mine, Lord. You do what you may, and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So today, the title is The Resurrection and the Life. And the thing is, tomorrow represents when Jesus went to Calvary, to Golgotha, right? And he paid the ultimate price, that he laid down his life, that we would have a new life in Christ. That we, it says in the word of God that we become new creations in Christ that all old things pass away, all things become new. And the thing is, Jesus had to pay that penalty. No one else paid that penalty. You know, not Joseph Smith, not, you know, not Mary, not Allah, not Muhammad, not Buddha. Jesus paid that ultimate debt for our sins. And that's why he's Lord. Jesus is Lord. And today I'm going to be reading out of the scriptures of John 11 in John 12. So if you guys have your Bibles or you have your Bible apps, uh, follow and uh, take notes and um, just be led of what the Holy Spirit's trying to open your eyes to see today and have your hearts received today and your ears to hear the word of God. So John chapter 11 out of the New King James, it says the death of Lazarus. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and the sister of Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil 
and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, this is, this is Mary, right? Mary and Martha, remember the story where Martha's preparing a supper for Jesus and his disciples? And Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And she has that alabaster box, that fragrance. They said it was equivalent to a year's wages back in the day. Of a, of a, so back the, and the currency back in the day was a denarii, right? Mm-hmm. And remember Judas Iscariot was, he was the financial advisor of the disciples, right? Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed Jesus. And he was a hold of the money. And he was saying, why did you waste a whole year's wages of fragrance on him when we could have used that money for the poor? Now, see, Judas didn't care about the poor. He really wanted just to get his end of the money, right? That's where his heart was at. And the thing is, Mary knew how valuable Jesus was, that he was worth that year's wages of pouring alabaster and fragrance on his feet. And what that represented was actually preparing him for his burial. Because we know in a couple chapters after this, this is when Jesus is heading to the cross. Right? So I'm going to continue. Verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, that means teacher, right? Teacher. Mm -hmm. Lately, the Jews sought to stone you. And you are going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day and he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Mm. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Now, the disciples are like, Lazarus ain't asleep, Lord. He's dead, right? And Jesus comes and he clarifies, yes, he is dead. And the thing is, what Jesus is saying is that I still need to go to the city because there's still people walking in darkness there. And, and Jesus is the light of the world, right? But then he's created us to be the light and the salt of the earth, right? We're a light that's supposed to be set up on a hill and shine our light, right? We're supposed to be the light of our house, right? We're not supposed to put a basket over our head. We're supposed to shine our light before all men by our good works may glorify our Father in heaven, right? I'm going to continue along. Verse uh, verse 12. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. However, Jesus spoke, spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. And that you may believe. Nevertheless, go to him. Then Thomas, who called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. So they're terrified to go back because the Jews have gathered together to stone Jesus. But Lazarus is dead in Judea. So he has to go back for his friend because he loves Martha, he loves Mary, and he loves Lazarus. The title, I am the resurrection and the life. So when Jesus came, he found that he already, he had, excuse me, he had already been in the tomb for four days. So back in the Jewish custom, you're dead, dead after three days. So when that fourth day happens, 
there's no hope, you're dead, your, your body's already going through the process of decaying. It's already starting to smell. It's already starting to almost rot, right? It's, it's in the process of decomposing, right? Verse 18, now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the woman around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Now, I, lo- I love that response. At first, she was like, God, if you would have been here sooner, this wouldn't have happened. Don't we always tend to question God at times? Like, God, why didn't you show up in this situation? God, why did you not come earlier when I need you, when I was calling on you? God, why did you not heal that person that was sick and dying on their deathbed? Right? We have these questions. But her next response was that, but even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. But see, her faith, she corrected knowing that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, right? We have to tend to think that we have to walk by faith and not by sight. And if we truly trust in Jesus, don't, it doesn't matter how bad the circumstance or how bad it looks or how bad it stinks, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life, right? In John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes before the Father but through me. So think about that. If, if your situation is dead, who is the life? Jesus. If there's a lie in front of you, you need to know the truth. Jesus is the truth. If you're lost and you don't know which way to go, you're in a crossroads, Jesus is the way to everlasting life. Okay. <clears throat> Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at that last day. So there, she's talking about like in the time of the returning of the Lord, right? The coming of the Lord. But Jesus is like telling her, he's going to rise right now. And this has never been done by any of the prophets. Actually, I take that back. One was, um, I believe it was Isaiah, where he prayed for the boy that was dead, right? But this was not seen. This was not frequently seen. And the thing is, Isaiah was uh, the one that got caught up into, uh, into heaven, right? In a fiery whirlwind? No. No, that was Elijah. That was Elijah. Sorry, that was Elijah. I'm sorry. He, but there, that's one of the prophets too, right? So... Um, but let me continue along. And this is what, this is how Jesus responds back to Martha. Verse 25. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I love that. He's saying, is your faith there that you believe that I can raise him? Do you believe that I will give you everlasting life? Now, you know, at a, at a place, you know, you, you would want to think like, man, if I was there in those days where Jesus was alive and he is alive, he's seated at the right hand of the father between he's right by power and majesty. The thing is, would you believe that Jesus was the Messiah if you were there in that time? Would you believe those words that, the words that he spoke were, were, were life-giving water, were life-giving bread? You know, I tend to think that. Would I, would, have, would I have believed in him? And I truly think I would. Because if I haven't seen him now in the flesh, but I believe in him, and I truly know that securely in my heart, that I'm born again, that I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, there's just, there's no one, no one could tell me otherwise. He's so real to me, just 
as the sun and the moon and the stars I see and the wind and the beautiful blue skies and the trees, he's, he's more real to me than even that. Verse 27, Jesus said to him, excuse me, she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who is to come into the world. Jesus and death, the last enemy. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out and followed her, saying, she's going to the tomb to weep there. Verse 32, Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet and saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? Now think about that. Even Jesus was in this place where he's like, okay, we need to get this. We need to do this. This is it. It's even troubling Jesus, it says. Right, because Jesus is 100% God and 100% man, right? He's God in the flesh. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, right? His father. And the thing is, Jesus came in like manner for us because he experience everything we experience now in the flesh, right? But the thing is, Jesus was not born of man, but born of the Holy Spirit, right? That's how the, he was born out of a virgin, Mary, right? The Holy, Se- Holy Spirit conceived in Mary. So Jesus' DNA is 100% God and 100% man. So I'm not taking his divinity away from him, but... They have to be in koinonia. They have to be in communion. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And they're all in one. If you notice, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Well, the Father, right, is in, in the heavens, right? In the, in the heavens, the Most High. Mm-hmm. And He sent His Son, Jesus, right? To be that Lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. But Holy Spirit had to descend upon Jesus when he was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist for righteousness to be fulfilled. But then that's when dunamis power came upon Jesus, right? The the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's how he was able to do those miracles because he wasn't able to do them without being baptized in the Holy Spirit. He He started his journey at 30 years old. Right? He started his ministry at 30. And it was, what's really, I was talking to a bunch of believers today, is that when Jesus got baptized in the Jordan River, right? And it says the heavens ripped open and God said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And then Holy Spirit descended like a dove upon Jesus, right? But then it says right after the Holy Spirit drove Jesus to the wilderness to be tempted by Satan and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Now think about that. Jesus didn't start his ministry until he fasted, until he was tempted by Satan and until he was filled with power. He was filled with power, fasted and prayed, tempted by Satan and then he started doing his miracles and signs and wonders. Now the thing is, even Jesus had to consecrate himself before God. He had to be in this place where he's fully submitted to the Father in his will. Remember, he says, the meat, that meat is doing the will of his Father. Eating, right? That spiritual meat. There's something that you don't know, and this is what he's talking about, the Word of God. 
the most powerful sh weapon in the whole world is the, is the word of God. All right, I'm going to continue. <clears throat> and verse, I'm okay, verse 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Now, I was trying to figure out, like, okay, Jesus, wh why did he weep? Like, wh why, what the emotion, this is the only time you see Jesus weeping. You know what I mean? Yeah. The other time when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, right, he said he was sweating blood, right? He was sweating blood out of his pores because of the stress and what he was going to go through. Um, on the cross. But I believe this weeping was not out of a place of sadness, but also, have you ever been so upset that you cry? Because he said he groaned in the spirit and he was troubled. And then it says Jesus wept. Now the thing is, Jesus was so moved with the righteous anger, right? He didn't, he didn't, he didn't get angry and sin, right? He, it says God made him to know no sin and that he became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. So I just think that's very interesting. Verse 36, then, G, then the Jews said, see how he loved him. So also I believe is in the sense of maybe of anger because his because they maybe didn't believe, but also that he truly had compassion and loved Lazarus too and loved those people. You know what I mean? Um, that's my interpretation. Verse thirty seven. And when some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? And then it says that groaning that Jesus did in the spirit, it comes from the, from the Greek, um, embri and nomaya, means derived from, in, and brimin means strength. And the word is used to express anchor, see, to indicate a speaking or acting with deep feeling and for stern admonishment. Lazarus raised from the dead. Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench, for he has been dead four days. Four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by said this, that it may believe that you sent me. Now he had said to these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bounded with hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Now think about that, how powerful that is. That everyone's watching Jesus and he told him, move the stone they're like, it's going to stink. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And he starts walking out in grave clothes. Looking like a mummy, I would say. like, You know what I mean? Coming out from death to life. And the Lord, I was spending time with the Lord. 
and he and he and he truly he truly blessed my heart and he showed me that he raised me back from the dead that he raised me back to life i was spiritually dead in my sin and jesus gave me life jesus called me forth and says rise christian come forth and be my son be my disciple and I ran, you ever heard of the, the story of the prodigal son, right? That he, he has his father's inheritance and he spends it on prostitutes and gambling and alcohol. And he gets to a place where the land is so famished that he's starving. And he convince, convinces his farmer, can I feed your pigs for money? And he got at a point where he gets a job by the farmer to feed the pigs. And even the slop that he was giving the pigs started looking good. And the Lord showed me that's where I was at. I was that guy that looked at all the drugs and drinking and fornicating, living that lifestyle of sin. And it looked good to me that I was dying. I was dead. But the Lord showed me that I ran back to the Father's house. And he welcomed me with open arms. And he gave me authority and power over my enemies. He put a ring on my finger. And he gave me the finest of robes. He created a royal banquet and a party for me, welcomed me back in. I can't tell you the mercy of God is tremendous. And the thing is, what's beautiful is that that's for each and every one of us. That's not just for me. That's for everyone that's listening. If you are running away from God, turn around. Go back to your father's house. He'll welcome you. He'll throw a party for you. He will, his warm embrace will be forever comforting to you. His mercy is new each and every morning. His goodness always prevails. His grace empowers us to change. So don't, don't look at the slop of this world and what it has to offer. Run to Jesus. Run to him. And he'll raise you from death to life. He is the resurrection and the life. Thank you, Jesus. All right, verse 45. The plot to kill Jesus. The many of the Jews had come to Mary and had seen things Jesus did, and they started believing in him. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, What shall we do? For this man works many signs. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them, Caiaphas, being a high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expendent for us that one man should die for the people, and not that the whole nation should perish. Now this he did not say on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one, the children of God who were scattered abroad. Now think about that. If Jesus never died on that cross, we would never have redemption. We would never have salvation. We would never have healing. We would never have freedom from sin, death, and the grave. We'd be truly lost for all time. Jesus is the only way to the Father. And Jesus is the only one that can truly set you free. Truly set you free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Verse 53. Then from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. 
Therefore Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there into the country near the wilderness in the, in the city called Ephraim. And they remained with his disciples, and the Passover of the Jews was near. And many went from the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They sought Jesus and spoke among themselves as they stood in the temple. What do you think, that he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a command that if anyone knew where he was, he should report it and that they might seize him. So now they're after Jesus. They're like, oh, this is enough. Everyone's starting to believe that he's the Messiah. He's the real deal because Lazarus now came from the dead. And when we confess Jesus, right, to our friends, to our family, to our coworkers, we'll have people that don't agree with us. We'll have people coming after us. But Jesus said this, he says, do not fear for I have overcome the world. And if the world has hated you, it's hated me first. Now think about that. Why are so people upset about God? Why are so people so mad about him? It's because that spirit behind them is whispering lies and deceit and manipulating them. So let's not war against flesh and blood, but between those darkness, those principalities, that demonic realm that's always trying to battle against God, right? Jesus's blood is on that mercy seat, crying out for us. And that's, Jesus is coming back and he's coming again. And he's not coming as a lamb, but he's coming as the lion of Judah. Jesus is coming righteous and holy and just, right, for his elect and to, and to show judgment upon the earth. Jesus is still alive today, guys. He's not dead in the grave. He is risen. The spirit of the Lord has raised him from the dead, right? The spirit of the living God has raised Jesus from the dead. The anointing at Bethany. Verse, okay, John chapter 12. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, was who has been dead, whom he raised from the dead. They, were made, they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, spikenard anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet, with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, and he had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, Let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not always have. The plot to kill Lazarus. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they may also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to dead also, because on the count of him, Many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. See how the enemy was still trying to kill the situation when there was life there. Jesus is alive and Jesus raised the dead back to life. And then they're trying to kill what was raised back from the dead. Now, if you, I don't know if you guys can see my shirt, but it says Maranatha Remnant Ministries. And it says John 12, verse 12 and 13. And this is where we got our ministry from the triumphal entry the next day a great multitude had come to the feast and when they heard that jesus was coming to jerusalem they took they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord 
king of Israel. And then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey and sat on it, as it was written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on the donkey's colt. So my ministry that God's given me, Maranatha, right, means come, our Lord. Our remnant means small portion for your small quantity. But in these last days that we're living in, I want to be the vessel, the remnant that welcomes my king back. Just as they welcomed him into the city of Jerusalem with palm branches, that's what you see here. That I'm welcoming my king and saying, come, Hosanna, bless is he who comes in the name of the Lord. King of Israel, he's my king. And I'll lay down my life for my king. Verse 16, his disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him, that they had done these things to him. Therefore, the people who were with him, when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him, because they heard that he'd done this sign. The Pharisees, therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. The fruit grain of wheat. Now there were certain Greeks among those who came to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida to Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew. In turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Moses, certainly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies and it produces much grain, he who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am... There my servant will also. And if anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Jesus predicts his death on the cross. Now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then the voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it. And will glorify it again. Therefore the people who stood by and heard it said. It had thundered. And others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus answered and said. This voice did not come because of me. But for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. And now the rule of this world will be cast out. And I if I am lifted up from the earth. Will draw all people to myself. This He said to signify what the death he would die. The people answered him. We have heard from the law that Christ remains forever. How can you say the son of man must be lifted up? Who is the son of man? Then Jesus said to them, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have light, lest darkness overtakes you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have light, believe in the light that you may become the sons of light, right? It says to put on the whole armor of light. It says to walk in the light as he is the light. It says the word is the lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. Jesus is the word, right? In the beginning was the word. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. Who has believed our report? But although he had done so many signs before them, he did not believe in him. They did not believe in him, that the word of Isaiah, the prophet, must be fulfilled, which he spoke. Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe because Isaiah said again, he has blinded their eyes, he has hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that they should heal them. But these things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke to him, walk in the light. 
Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me shall not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me does not receive my words, has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will not will judge him in the last days. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who, who sent me gave me a command. What I should say and what should I speak? And I know that this command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Now the darkness, the definition of this is skotaya, skotaya. Darkness, gloom, evil, sin, obscurity, night, ignorance, moral depravity. The New Testament especially uses the word in a metaphorical sense of ignorance of divine truth. Ignorance of divine truth. Man's sinful nature, total absence of light, the lack of spiritual perception. Light equals happiness. Skotoya equals unhappiness. Skotoya as spiritual darkness basically describes everything earthly or demonic that is an enmity with God. That means an enemy against God. Now, this is what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, all cults stand on two things. One, there's no sin. And second, there's no hell for eternity. Now, if you narrow it down from all the different denominations, all the different studies, the only one that's left is Christianity, right? There's a heaven, there's a hell. But we get to choose where we go. We get to make that decision. God's not sending people to hell. We either choose to be with him for eternity or be away from him for all eternity. And that sin has been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. But you must be first born again of the spirit and of water. Right? That's what Jesus said. No one can enter his kingdom unless they're born again. Now, what I want to do is I want to extend that offer to anybody that doesn't know Jesus. Or they don't know that they're going to be with him for eternity. Or they don't realize that, wait, this Resurrection Sunday is why we celebrate it. We don't celebrate it because of a bunny rabbit and Easter eggs. And to have a picnic, we celebrate it because the king of glory gave his life on a tree. It says, curse is everyone that hangs on a tree. He literally took all sin and sickness and disease and all darkness upon his flesh that we could be set free. That we could have everlasting relationship with the father. That we could be re- reconciled to our first love. This is the gift of salvation that's for men and women. And I want to extend that whoever's listening now, whoever's online, whoever's listening. This is a public declaration saying, God, I want you to be with me forever. But I know that I'm a sinner and I know that I have to repent. And repenting is turning away from sin. It's turning away and Holy Spirit has come to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Now, you're not going to be able to conquer sin unless you have the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be able to be free from sin unless you are washed by the blood of Jesus. So I want everyone to close their eyes. And if any of you believers are here, I want you to repeat this after me, okay? Father God, I just come to you. I'm a sinner and I'm asking you for mercy. 
I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for all my sins. That I can be set free. I ask you, Jesus, save me right now. Father, I know that you hear me. And I know that you answered me. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus died. And that he raised back to life. And that he seated at the right hand of the Father. I thank you. I love you. And I ask you. For all these things. In Jesus name. Amen. Glory to God. If that was your first time giving your life to Jesus. You have entered into the kingdom of God as a son or as a daughter. That you've ran home back to your father's house as that prodigal son or daughter. And now he's now you entered into the gates. He's given you a ring. He's given you a, a robe that is fresh. He's given you a robe of salvation, a robe of righteousness. He's prepared a royal banquet for you. He loves you so much. That's why he sent his son. So this weekend represents the resurrection and the life, Jesus. Make sure that you go before your father and you thank father for Jesus. Because we wouldn't be in this situation without him. We'd be truly damned to hell and we would never be able to get free. So that's all I have for you guys. Um, Does anyone have any prayer requests or anything that they need prayer for? Yeah. Um, I would just like prayer to be able to like concentrate and get my school book done. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely pray for you for that. You. And then what do you want? Uh, your uncle, uh, Francisco, my sister Nancy's husband. Uh huh. He's really, um, she thinks that, um, not thinks, but just by looking at him, that he might be going pretty soon. Okay. Pretty soon. Okay. We'll definitely pray for him. Okay, um, does anybody else online need any prayer for anything? I can't hear you, you're muted. Okay, speak again. Yeah, I can hear you now. Cool. Okay. Oh, okay, so you wanted to invite your friend to church. Well, yeah, I know he's trying to get off, but I feel like, because we talked recently, like, you know, how we had that issue, but it's all fine now. Good. And, I don't know, I know he's sometimes afraid of confrontation, but I just want his managers to get along so he doesn't have to worry about it. Okay. No, we'll definitely lift him up. What's your your friend's name again? I'm sorry. Uh, Jay. Jay, okay. All right. Do you want to... You want to pray for Francisco? Yeah. I'll pray for you. And then, Grandpa, do you want to pray for Jay that he would make it to church? Yeah. Okay. All right. I yeah. Okay. Um, we left, Father, we left up Francisco. We, we um, command the spirit of death to leave him right yes, now Lord. in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We claim that he shall live and not die. Yes, we command any type of foul spirit to leave him right now. We command a spirit of infirmity to leave to leave him right now. Yes, Lord. And Father, we thank you that he he turns his life to you, Father. Yes, that Jesus. he gives his life to you, Father. That he surrenders and yields mm. his life to you, Father. And um, again, we just thank you that he has favor with man and with you, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, go for Jay. He needs to go to church. Yeah, pray that he makes he can make it to church this weekend. Okay. Father God, we ask you for Jay to help him reach you. Show him that you're real. 
showed him that you love him and help him with whatever whatever is in his mind, whatever doubts that he has, any obstacles, any anything that is preventing him from going to church. Yes, Lord. Open his heart, open yes. his mind, and guide him towards you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Show him, make him feel your love, your presence in him, and help him go to church and find you and know that you're for real. We ask you to help him in the holy name of Jesus, our Father. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Um, I want to pray for you separately. So I'm just going to end it here. Um, love you guys. God bless you. Happy Easter Resurrection Sunday. God bless. We love you. Bye.